Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So here we are, three years since Double or Nothing 2019, which also served as the first event for All Elite Wrestling. And I'm now terrified, because as I've told you before, where the hell did that go? Like back in 2019, I still had hair. And that may be a lie, but it's my show and I'll do whatever the hell I want. And of course, we will get into that when we do get to Monday morning. We'll sit down and watch the show and give the good bits of the bad bits down. But as we are focused on the present, because the future is way too scary, we also need to do that with AEW Dynamite, which serves as one half of the go-home shows for that there pay-per-view. <laughs> there is so much wrestling on television. Let's up those doubts. <laughs> First thing we saw on this week's AEW Dynamite was MJF coming to the ring in the most absurd referee's outfit you have ever seen in your life. I mean, it was flubbing ridiculous, so I loved it. He was also an ass because when Wardlow got brought to the ring in his handcuffs, Maxwell pretended he couldn't find the key before Sean Spears and Mr. Friedman jumped Wardlow. And of course, they were in a steel cage, so they were grabbing his head. They were smashing it into the steel. This, of course, was done so that eventually Wardlow could bust out of the handcuffs like he was the coolest guy to ever have been born into this world. But you can already see the problem here. At one point, he had Sean Spears pinned. MJF refused to make the count. Why? Because he's a dick. MJF then straight up booted Wardlow in the balls when Spears ran in and gave him the C4. And honestly, Friedman did a count so fast, you would have thought somebody would just come in this room right now and said, Simon, I've invented you a forever wig. But <laughs> Wardlow was still able to kick out, I tell you. The job we are doing with this man. A chair was soon involved because of course it was. Shawnee Boy loves that kind of stuff. But damn, dude. He went to hit Wardlow. Wardlow missed. And he smacked MJF. So hard in the damn cranium, I think my brain fell on the floor. That may have been a little bit too much. This, of course, allowed Wardlow to hit the powerbomb simply, though. There was this really cool bit where he was like a beast looking at Sean Spears, like, ha-ha, now you're mine. Eventually, head referee Bryce Rensburg went down there. He did the one, two, three, so not only is Wardlow now heading to the pay-per-view, he is going to take on MJF 
three years in the making. Security also tried to stop Wardlow afterwards, but he destroyed all of them before he climbed the cage and pointed at MJF like, man, I'm gonna murder you in a few days. And he probably will. He came out in an interview recently and said he is going to give so many power bombs to Maxwell, Jake and Friedman that he may never walk again. So put your hands up if you're very excited about this. If your hand goes down, well, fair play, you allowed your opinion, but my word, you a tough egg to crack. There was also an ups and down sign during this match, by the way, and this has put me in a little bit of predicament because it said, Simon, give yourself a golden up. But look, we always listen to the signs, so thank you very much, my friend. So I am giving a golden up to me. It was quite nice, it was all bubbly, feeling like I'm having a good time right now. And also, oh my gosh, Simon, you're so biased, go the comments. Look, it's just some arbitrary numbers. And if somebody is going to be so nice to bring a sign to the show, you damn right, I'm putting it on the main counter. Somebody should throw me off the roof, though, especially because later on, there was another sign. This person saying, Simon, give me an up. So damn it, you get an up too. And for the people that do go absolutely crazy, just subtract two from the numbers when we get to the end of this week's show and you can see what I thought about it. Chris Jericho was then backstage with his goons where he threw a fireball at somebody wearing a John Moxley t-shirt. So that's it, he's officially doused him. When it was time to build to our AEW World title match, because here was Hangman Adam Page, and here was CM Punk. And this is mostly kept as it has been up to this point, with Punk going, what is wrong with you, cowboy? This to me is just about the championship, it's not personal. With Hangman going, look, I don't care what you say, Mr. CM Punk, if that is your real name. This means a lot to me, and I'm sick of you. Page also lost his mind by saying that when he was talking about annihilating Punk, he didn't mean he was gonna wait till double or nothing, and he was gonna do it right now, and if he had a pipe bomb, he would explode it in CM Punk's face. And I was like, Hangman, you gotta calm down here. But he then decided he's not gonna do that because that's exactly the type of thing CM Punk would do. And he doesn't wanna be like CM Punk because he actually thinks CM Punk is not the goody two shoes he makes out. And in fact, Paige has got to save AEW from him. He even mentioned that he feels pity for Punk when Punk tried to shake his hand and they got into a shoving match. Hangman Adam Page took his fist and he punched CM right in his face. Now, Punk acted all cool as a cucumber throughout all this, but do not forget, Eddie Kingston has said, man, we can't trust that punk. MJF has said, man, we can't trust this punk. And now all of a sudden, Hangman Adam Page is saying, man, we can't trust this punk. Does anybody else think that CM Punk is going to win the AEW World title and then something awesome is going to happen? So I cannot wait for this match because I can just feel something festering under the surface. And also, I can't call it. Hangman Adam Page wins. By word, his CV goes through the roof. But if CM Punk wins, you can start having some fun with it. So this was just one of those times where you took two people in the ring and you let them chat and it just worked so well. Up. Quick video package for Jade Cargill and Anna Jay, which is also going to happen at Double or Nothing. And this is a bit weird because we only announced it last week and then we didn't really have much as a segment. It was just Jade Cargill going, look, I've already beat Anna Jay. And Anna Jay going, that is true, but now I'm better. So all this was fine. I imagine that Jade Cargill will absolutely wreck Anna Jay simply because it is not the time to take the TBS championship off her. That would be really silly. You then knew something big was gonna go down because it was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley teaming up again to take on Private Party, and on commentary was William Regal and Dal Sim. No, I mean, Chris Jericho. Kingston and Mox just went nuts before the bell because they're two bonkers dude and they just want violence. Although after a few minutes of being smacked around, Private Party were kind of able to get back into this when they did a couple of dives. And they did follow this up with a stunner and a shooting star press, but come on now, who in their right minds thought that Mark Quinn and Isaiah 
Guy Cassidy were going to win here. I mean, they did go for the silly string, but that didn't work at all. In fact, all it did was annoy Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, and then they just took various parts of their body and they just beat him down. I was like, would you stop? They're already dead. Eventually, Jonathan got bored of this and he hit the paradigm shift for the one, two, three. And I looked at my watch and I went 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. And I was exactly right because here came the Jericho Appreciation Society. Here came everybody else that is involved in the anarchy in the arena. And they just had a big fight. All the officials had to come down to try and separate them because they're like, otherwise, what the hell's going to happen? And one day, we shouldn't do it. We should just let the wrestlers tire them themselves out like their children. They just lay down like, man, why did nobody come to stop us? But look, all of this has been built very well. And if you are into violence and you are into blood and you are into just absolutely crazy pro wrestling, well, boy, do I have the match for you. We then got some hype videos for the finals of the Owen Hart Cup tournament because we will be sorting that out at the pay-per-view when it was time to defend the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Don't know why I hold them like this. There's nothing there. And it was FTR taking on Rapongi Vice. And this is when AEW decided to do something that they never do, which made me go, well, maybe they're doing it because technically this is Ring of Honor and we're trying to differentiate between the two. It is an important lesson, though, because it shows that less is more because this actually made me open my eyes and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And before all this, too, it went technical wrestling, punch you in the face wrestling, German suplex wrestling, everybody get in the ring, rah, tag kites and wrestling. And just as it seemed like we were building to a crescendo, from nowhere, out from the entrance tunnels, here came New Japan's Jeff Cobb and his buddy, the great Okan. Just right here on AEW. Now, why they waited so long, I don't know. They just sat in the back and said, let's give it 12 minutes. Why? We're giving it 12 minutes? I don't care. I refused to interfere before then. But they did get in there. They absolutely smashed anyone. So, of course, this means it was a DQ. A DQ. We never see disqualifications. And, in fact, given that we are coming up to a three-year anniversary... I don't think you could even count the total on one hand. People are just being hurled through tables as well, so surely we are setting this up for the Forbidden Door. And once again, look how a disqualification has made me react just because, and I'm repeating myself here, never flip and see it. Now, of course, if all of a sudden we do the same thing next week, we will arrive at the Law of Diminishing Returns. This is why you've got to pepper this stuff in. Also, I ain't ever going to get mad about seeing Jeff Cobb in AEW. I quite like the great Okan. I think ever since he did debut, he has just got better and better and better. And if we do a three-way here at that pay-per-view, I'm going to be pretty good. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We had a Hardy Brothers promo after this. And I really like Matt and Jeff. I think they're awesome. But they basically said, listen to us young bucks. We may have had similar upbringings. But if you were around during the Attitude Era, you would have fallen on your asses because you can't do nothing. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't Matt and Nick Jackson basically completely reinvent professional wrestling and how you could be successful on the indie scene and then create a wrestling company out of nothing? I was like, they did do that. I already think you can take shots at it. The whole point, though, is that the Hardys once again thinks the Bucks are just cosplayers. And actually, fair play to Matt and Jeff here. They were spitting fire. And it ended with Matt Hardy going, oh, well, you may be the elite, but you're going to get delete. It was better than that. I totally screwed it up. And any reference to broken Matt Hardy makes me happy. I do admit this build has been kind of weird, but you don't need to do much here. All you need to do is walk in somewhere and go, uh, Hardy Boys versus Young Bucks. And everyone says, yes, please. You were about to get it in a few days' time. And it was then Jungle Boy versus Swerve Strickland versus Ricky Starks. This was ridiculous. And the best part is one of the first things we did is that all three guys were going for the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, but they're just so quick so nobody could keep them down. And then we had people being thrown in the air and then people zooming in with hurricanranas. Other people were being thrown into the apron. Other dudes were being hurled into Barry Barricade. This was carnage and we'd only been going a couple of minutes. Jungle Boy then elbowed Swerve in the back of the head. No, yeah, that'll do it. That's a dangerous move. When all these guys were tussling on the top. Now, I don't want to be that person, although I am every time I talk about it. But I told you this was becoming a thing. And now we're doing it with multiple people. Starks took a horrible tumble to the floor from that as well. And when Jungle Boy went for a poison rana, Swerve landed on his feet. Now, one, he had this huge smile on his face, which you could not fake, and why wouldn't he? And Jungle Boy stared at him like, what the hell was that, and how did you do it? Good point, it was stupid. It was in this cool bit where they were going for a suplex when Ricky was back, and he just nailed him with a spear and also followed up with a Mishunoko driver. And honestly, bless Ricky Starks. I think he felt like his back was against the wall here. So what did he do? He took his finger, boop. Poke someone in the eye. He was also able to hit the Rochambeau, but then from nowhere, Jungle Boy was back and he locked in the snare trap. And just when it looked like Ricky Starks was going to tap out, Swerve Strickland was back. He hit his massive stomp and he pinned Ricky Starks. And I tell you, ever since Swerve has debuted at AEW, this was his match. This was his time. He absolutely shone here, as did the other two. Can you imagine how good these guys are going to be in a few years? It is redonkulous. All their respective partners are out afterwards because, of course, we did have to do the big brawl. And this always triggers people to go, man, we always have these things after AEW matches. But it just ties into the fact that every single person is in as a group. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Take life. You go out there and you warm to certain people and they become your friends and they should be supporting you. Otherwise, you're just going to be lonely going to be a sad panda. I got really confused with all the TNT title stuff and this is probably on me because I have a stupid brain. But the men of the year and Dan Lambert were cutting a promo in the back and Lambert told us that they don't care that Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte destroyed the TNT title because they've ordered a new one. I was like, wasn't that the second belt and Scorpio Sky still had the first belt, but apparently not. So this is completely lost on me. I am a fool. They are going to do a big ceremony on Rampage. And i tell you what I do like about this is that every single person that has been TNT champion has had a unique belt. And that's cool. It separates it from the AEW World Championship. But I tell you, I have absolutely no idea where this feud is going. 
says, equal parts good. And clearly, look at me, equal parts confusing. Thunder Rosa was then out next. She wasn't happy. Now, admittedly, her build to her match with Serena Deeb at Double or Nothing has been okay at best. But over the last couple of weeks, I do appreciate that AEW has just given them a microphone and said, why don't you go out there and spit fire? Because Thunder was basically offended by what Deeb had said last week because a champion doesn't whine and moan. They defend their championship, which is exactly what she's going to do on Sunday. But also look at me. She wasn't wearing her face paint here because that's her war paint. So she wanted to address you as Melissa, which is her real name, because I tell you, in a few days when we do go face to face, I'm gonna kick your ass. So in short, basically, I think in future, we just need to dedicate a little bit more time to these things and I let them grow naturally and organically as they would do otherwise. But look, I sit down and I ponder this stuff and I'm like, do I want to see Thunder Rose versus Serena D for the AEW Women's Championship? And the answer is yes, I think they will have a phenomenal match. Giving it up. If they had the most bizarre backstage skit between Red Velvet and Ruby Soho, so obviously straight away I was a massive fan. Because Red was absolutely livid that she had lost last week, and as always, she is so much better as a heel. She was like, Tony Savani, I think you're a massive piece of shit. When Ruby Soho walked in, so Velvet was like, oh well, I'm glad you are here. I have a big notebook that I'm going to give to you, and within it, it holds the secrets to beating Chris Dallander. Obviously, Soho doesn't need this, especially because Chris has changed herself up recently, so it's not going to work. I was like, I still don't really know what this change is all about, but it is still early, we should give it time. And also, Ruby Soho, 100% interrupted here, so that is 47 in AEW and 125 in all of wrestling. I think I'm going to retire this suit because I've made my point, wrestlers don't have many matters. This also tied into what came next too, because we were back to the Owen Hart Cup tournament, and it was Britt Baker versus Tony Storm. Let's go. Now, a lot of people were waiting for this match, which as ever means the scrutiny increased. And when we do ask the question, was this the smoothest thing we've ever seen? I think it's only fair to say no. But seriously, come on, people. You go on the internet and everyone's going, oh, it's such a botch fest. It's not really botches. I can't believe it. It's not a flipping botch fest. Have you ever gone to work and sometimes come home and gone, man, you know, I had an all right day, but I could have done better here. Well, that happens with wrestlers too. And I would say this was a match of two halves because when they were clicking, I thought it was really good. And every now and then they fell out of sync, but good grief, you're allowed. And I really think a lot of the disappointment has come from the finish, and I totally agree with you. Now, it was totally obvious that Jamie Hayter was going to get involved, especially when Brett at the start was like, oh no, you go to the back, you go to the back. But the problem is, it kind of feels like, going back to what we said earlier, we have reached the law of diminishing returns with this, because it's just been happening for so many months, and when you looked at it on paper, I agree with you, nerd geek time, kind of think that Tony Storm should have won. But just as Baker had stopped the Storm Zero and hit an air raid crash, Jamie did come out and Baker was like, why are you here? I told you not to, but she was still causing a distraction. She was causing an interference. So when Tony Storm gave her one and said, would you go away? Britt Baker essentially hit the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment. She beat Tony Storm and now she's going on to the finals. So I did actually think the meat and bones were quite solid, but the ending was just a little bit awkward. And again, Britt Baker is super duper made already. I'm not 100% sure everybody is aware of the path that Tony Storm has had. So if she had got the victory here, some people have gone, ooh, the lally, I better watch her. So I kind of think that we overthought it. And yes, I know Baker's crew has to get involved. I just don't want to see it anymore. And that's okay. It doesn't mean I'm right. And if you joined it, more power to you. But I am going to give it a down because just personally, I would have gone in a different direction. It also meant that our main event was going back to the Owen Hart Cup tournament because it was Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe. And their theme for the evening 
was Carnage. And I laughed out loud almost instantly because Samoa Joe hit Kyle O'Reilly so hard, I thought his spirit had left his body. <laughs> Seconds later, he just chopped him and I started staring at the ring cameras because I was like, surely his heart has come out of his mouth. I didn't. Carl then thought he would fight fire with fire, which was a terrible idea, and then thankfully came up with a better one, because he was like, okay, Samojo is pretty big and he's absolutely ruining me here. Why don't I go after his arm? Because then he's going to be in a little bit of bother. This was just O'Reilly's obsession after this, and he even got out of a muscle buster by targeting the arm once again, and at one point it actually looked like Samoa Joe was going to tap out. But of course he didn't. He's our hero, and he's too damn tough. They then back to punching each other as hard as they could. And there was this cool back and forth where it was like, well, I'm going to hit you with a Pele kick, and I'm going to hit you with an Insigori. And then when Kyle O'Reilly went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, that damn Samoa Joe, he reversed it into a choke. O'Reilly then panicked, and he tried to get to the injured arm, but this is just simple wrestling maths. Because being strangled over hurting your arm equals first guy wins. I don't know what that means, but the point is Kyle O'Reilly was about to die, so he was done, it was over, and now Samoa Joe is going to the finals. Adam Cole was out right afterwards to eyeball Samoa Joe, because that's what you do in wrestling to ensure that everybody knows this is super serious. And who doesn't want to see that match? Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. It works for me. It ticks my box. Happy days all round. Which brought us to the end of AEW Dynamite. And I tell you, they have set everything up that I am super duper excited about Double or Nothing. I think there may be way too many matches on it. And it's probably going to go on for eight hours. But let's not complain because that would make us idiots. And I'm giving it up. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.